You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Heckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Leslie Helpert, and she is a voice coach, a composer, an artist, longtime performer. We're going to talk with her a little bit about the work that she has done helping people with voice and the programs she's developed and the work she's done with executives, leaders, professionals, and helping them use the voice more effectively in just about everything that they do. She's also a developer of a program, the Therapeutic Vocal Performance Technique, (laughs) which helps her do her work. And we're going to learn more about that. Um, Fascinating conversation. I think this is going to be really interesting for folks. I think a a lot of folks on this podcast have talked to, have worked with with kind of presentation coaches, uh, but this is a whole nother level and it's a whole nother level that really will affect everything that you do. So excited for this. With that, Leslie, welcome to the program. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for the introduction. That was really great. <laughs> You're welcome. So why don't we start with background? Uh, just because I think it's really important for people to understand uh, what w- kind of professionally, personally, like what space you're coming out of, how you got into this space. It, it's fascinating, but also I think it's a great, um, it's a great understanding of of what what work you do now and why you do it and why it's so interesting and so important. So so let's go back. What what is what is your background and how do you get into this? Yeah, my family. Let's see. I grew up in a family that moved around the United States often. So I think in retrospect that kind of threw me into the the position of needing to feel like I could communicate effectively in a variety of cultures. Yeah. And since my earliest memory, I fell in love with making music. I just was, you know, four years old, first experience of singing and feeling just this incredible, wonderful, yeah, connection. And I just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a musician. And aside from a, a cool couple years of wanting to be like a psychologist or marine biologist or, <laughs> uh, yeah, or work for the CIA or something, I, yeah. I pretty stuck with musician. And I started playing guitar when I was 11 after starting piano at around four. And yes, and into my collegiate years, my undergrad degree, I spent at, in Boston at the Berkeley College of Music. And that ended up also spending time at the Naropa University, where I changed my focus of understanding music through kind of more contemporary lens and looking at the way that traditional indigenous cultures have utilized the power of narrative and sound. And yeah, yeah. And so that, you know, it's interesting, though, because even though I eventually went back to get a master's degree and really honor the opportunity to have education, I think that most of the learning that I've done, a lot of it kind of happened from spending a couple of decades 
performing, being on the road and, yeah. and working with voices. So that's kind of one one piece of uh, the long-winded journey. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because I think it's this combination of the, the study, the performance, and I, I, I can only imagine the kind of the life experiences that being an artist, being a musician, you know, gave you in terms of, you know, understanding people and presence and connection. And, you know, so I think that's both kind of technically and, and experientially, you know, fascinating, fascinating background. And I'm, I'm interested the work with sort of indigenous cultures and music and stuff. I mean, it seems like I, I, I can imagine that tells you a lot about culture and about um, how, you know, how cultures sort of develop around music. And, you know, just as we look at company cultures, I mean, c- culture is this kind of buzzword or hot word inside companies and uh, kind of the business community. But in some respects, I think that's kind of the fundamentals is, you know, understanding people's musics and how music and how they develop music, how they develop, you know, stories and the connection of all that. Is, is a culture is a study of culture. Yes, and also to to look at, for example, in like traditional Vedic culture, language was developed around frequency and vibration. So uh, mm. my wow. actual language, even though Sanskrit isn't really an active language currently in India, but that you know that language in itself is an embodiment of intention and integrity and it has its own kind of placement in the body. So it's really beautiful just like it's because later on in my life performing, I ended up living in Europe for about 10 years and just getting to kind of feel what inflection and sound uh, is like for, yeah. And then an understanding kind of how, I guess I come from a very holistic perspective. So mm-hmm. yeah. understanding how sound affects our nervous system and, and just how important the voice actually is when we're sharing our most heartfelt feeling yeah whether it's in business or elsewhere yeah and, and i'll i'll uh, disclose to our, our listening audience that i had the pleasure of, of, of spending uh, uh about an hour or so with leslie and going through some of some of the work that she does and i must say i was very impressed and it was very insightful just sort of going from this you know what is the voice you know starting with the kind of this voice as being this tool that i use to communicate you know a sound from you know my head to somebody else's head and trying to communicate this this idea to really being a connection to the whole body and to the space around the body and it was just it was it was a really interesting experience. And I, and I certainly got the kind of this, this switch for me or the transition for me of thinking about, you know, my voice as this sort of communication tool to, to really being kind of a, a, a fundamental part of who I am and a tool to connect with everything. And it was really, it was really interesting. So I've, I've had a chance to do it in person. So I, I, I can kind of speak to it at a, a level, another level, or at least Having gone through it, I know it's tough to do it on a podcast here. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the technique because I think you have kind of taken all this and and developed a way of working with people. Therapeutic vocal performance technique. What is this? What do you mean by it? What is it, what is it? What is it doing? Or what is its uh, what was its intention? And how have you put it together? Mm. For so long in the realm of music, like a lot of other subjects, music's kind of been specialized into different idioms. So where there's music therapy, that has been largely directed toward people who are, you know, suffering or uh, of certain age demographic, whatever. And and then there's like performance, which has often been like in the concert hall with a bunch of like, uh, you know, rough and tumble people <laughs> kind yeah. of out till all hours of the night both are awesome but to me what I started to really experience working with so many voices in my own is that the art of feeling 
and awakening the voice and connecting to our own sound, whether we're performing or considering it, you know, a strictly receptive therapeutic experience, they're very much one in the same. So the idea is that how this translates into the world of, you know, professional people is that so often we come home from a long day of work having spoken to many people if, if you know, communicating is is prevalent in our yeah. particular field and our voice feels tired and we feel drained and exhausted and there there's it, it's pretty amazing how when we learn how to support the voice and how we can really keep our energy level and our stamina and our rate of respiration very much in check and kind of in a transformed wonderful creatively accessible space so the voice ends up kind of waking up everything and and you know I, I, this is definitely not my epiphany alone if we look at almost every kind of science or even like everything from a, a spiritual or a kind of um, what would i say like creation story perspective uh-huh sound frequency vibration it's it's at the heart of every atom yeah yeah <laughs> and, and so when what i've really learned especially studying science pretty hardcore that's like my my personal like kind of where i'm where my mind is a lot and kind of understanding well how does the physics of my voice operate and how in the wake of technology and innovation is my own biological innovation and technology going to support this kind of you know very mechanical technological future that we're we're creating what is my voice and how and when we start looking at the evolution of our species through uh, our ability to have certain sounds that separated us from Neanderthals and other species in our genus, then we can start to understand that the voice was kind of our first technology and it's kind of all gone from there. And even like technology as it continues is sort of furthering what the power of our voice. What do we want to say? Who do we want to say it to? How fast do we want to say it? And and the great thing about learning how to feel into our own instrument is that we kind of can create what I've seen people get to create is a depth experience. So rather than being like, well, where are we going? It, it's kind of like arriving into the feeling of where we are. And um, so I've, I've just found it's really complimentary kind of to every field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I like that the, sort of this idea. I can't remember exactly what the numbers are, but, you know, the communication, you know, only 20% or something of our communications are the words we're saying. And, you know, so much, so much more of it is our body language and the way in which we say it, sort of our tonality and the pace and the rhythm and the kind of the nuance that we're giving to the words. And I, I, I think that that is underappreciated <laughs> in a great sense. We, we're always focused on, well, what is the word that we're saying or what is what is the kind of l- the linguistic communication we're trying to have rather than the kind of the, the tonal or the body language or the, all the other things that go along with it. Can you talk a little bit about some of the, so taking this to the, you know, people being effective leaders, managers, professionals, communicators, you know, I think that, you know, we're, the professional world is full of, people trying to communicate in different ways. How, how does this show up or how have you found, you know, taking all this knowledge and these ideas that, that you've been able to develop as, you know, a performer, as an artist, taking them to the professional world, where does this show up? How does this, how does this manifest itself um, in the work that you do? In so many ways. And one of the first little pieces that come to mind, which isn't like at the very top or the most central, but I think a kind of interesting point in case is that I think all of us, from what I hear, even the most secure, sophisticated, genius minds have moments of 
questioning, like, should I have said that? Or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and the interesting facet about that, when people come in to see me, a lot of times their concerns around their voice are very much like psychological or, or mentally oriented, where they might say, I feel really insecure when I'm speaking to my partner, but I go in like a baller at work and I don't know why I can't communicate to my mother. Yeah. Or I notice my voice changes when I'm speaking with certain you know, colleagues and I become really uncomfortable. I don't know why. Or um, I have a spasm in my throat or my gut clenches when I go to communicate. And a lot of times people are talking up their own imperfections to this. Well, it's because I'm insecure or it's because I don't feel confident or I'm not comfortable with. But the amazing thing is, is when we start to understand that our voice is an instrument, a machine, mm-hmm. we can actually begin to learn very logistic operational specifics about how to finesse this machine that we're using to communicate. We're basically just like these big windmill, watermill, natural resource machines that are bringing in a bunch of breath into our body. And when we speak the exhalation, it's sort of like blowing through a blade of grass. And so when we start to understand like how the breath can work in the body. And and it's not, I mean, that can sound so simple. Okay, we'll just breathe more. It's not about breathing. (laughs) You know, it's about recognizing like where we hold our tensions and how to literally shift those because sound itself is movement. So the fascinating thing about using voice to kind of open and relax the body and become more comfortable is that the voice actually just kind of moves everything in the body that's been kind of stagnant, stuck, inflamed. And then one more piece about that is that when people start to understand the mechanistics of their voice, the like highest amazing levels, I think, of the work is when we can start realizing, and I think this is important for everybody, you know, all people. So often we show up and it, and it's like we put our best foot forward, we bring our best to the table, we leave like whatever personal strength uh, struggles we'd had earlier that day or how we might be feeling like aside and try to really focus on like the energy we want to bring. But the great thing about the voice is, you know, and I'll just interrupt to kind of give an example because it's better in a story form. Like sure. if you think about the first blues singer, when she ripped the blues out of her body and stunned the audience and brought everybody onto their feet crying in applause, she wasn't like, hi, it's really nice to see <laughs> She She like braved feeling yeah. in her body. She couldn't freaking deny it anymore, probably. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like creating this woman in my head but Mm -hmm. she felt into her rib cage into her solar plexus and she got underneath it and that's what supporting the voice is it literally is like getting underneath your energy rooting it down and really in a strange way and you know i'm a kind of poet nature girl or whatever so i'll say it's (laughs) feeding the earth with power and the earth wants your expression and so when we actually can touch into the full spectrum of all of our energy and emotion eventually we learn how to finesse that and effectively share what you know is vulnerability and people respond to that like i was just saying that i knew a man once for five years he had the most wonderful resume and Mm -hmm. wealth and opportunity but i finally one day i saw him cry hysterically and that was when i trusted him Mm. and i think that's Mm. what the does it allows us to trust each other yeah 
It's interesting, and and you were kind of mentioning this in the beginning, and I'm I'm curious you know, how, how much this is the case that, you know, people come to you saying, oh, well, when I get into this situation, I, I don't feel confident and therefore my voice changes or I, you know, my, you know, I go higher or I have a, you know, a, a spasm or, and, and how much of this is actually the reverse of through kind of proper treatment or proper use of the voice actually drives the confidence. Like, I, like, is it, like, is this my, like I have low confidence, therefore it impacts my voice or it's because of the way I'm using my voice impacts my confidence. And if I change my voice, if I change the way I think about my voice, that actually will drive the confidence. Oh my gosh. Like ding, ding, ding. Yes, 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 yes. I'm like, to me, that's like so great. It reminds me of this cool practice that I read about. I can't remember where, but it was sort of like put the emotion before the experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember like walking around Jamaica pond and Jamaica plains in Boston, Uh like a couple of winters ago. And it's so cold and everybody I was with all kind of seemed miserable to be outside. And I just decided to see what happened if I like ran down the sidewalk and started to cheer like I had just won like $5 trillion or a gold medal or something. (laughs) I love it. I was just like, yes, yes. Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. And like just jumped up and down and literally for like two hours afterwards, I felt great. (laughs) And I was like, it's amazing that, you know, and I know that there are a lot of people who speak about, you know, neuropsychology and, and, and getting wire, learning how to wire our brain for happiness. But I think that yes, when we take that kind of practice and then we bring the voice to it, not only can we shift the mindset, but then also we can, drop into the body differently. So for example, and this is kind of like a interesting topic, but you know, women particularly, I think have Mm. sometimes felt uncomfortable to relax into, I know as a woman, I'll just speak for myself and other women I've worked with that it can be hard to kind of like really stand an awareness of our whole full body, because maybe in the past it hasn't been safe or it's been, you know, overly interpreted by society is one thing or another. But there's such a difference for me as a woman to, for example, speak to you like, anyway, Bruce, so I was thinking that (laughs) all up in my shoulders and my nose and in my head versus slowing my pace down a little bit, feeling the back of my tongue, the epiglottal area. This is a giant place for general numbness people have. Yeah. And then like kind of slowing it down, listening to where I am and speaking down into the resonant chamber of my body, which includes my hips and my legs and my whole, yeah, body. So it changes my experience where I think for a lot of people, I don't know if you can relate to this, tell me, I'm curious, where you know you've been with somebody you love. Like if you can think back to like a first date moment even where you're like so psyched, you know you're really into somebody but like, it's too exciting that you can't relax your voice into your <laughs> Yeah. No, my classic is, uh, having grown up in Minnesota, we've got this nasty uh, habit of accelerating the pace in which we talk. <laughs> so usually when I get kind of excited and, uh, you know, whether it's uh, in any kind of situation, my risk is that I, I start talking too fast, start stumbling over my own words. Oh my God, me too lately, because also like, I'm, I'm kind of like a hypocrite right now, because as a vocal advocate, I also work with people around <laughs> like nutritionally what the best things are for their yeah. voice because I'll sometimes work with people who are on you know set a lot or yeah. performing like the last thing they really want to do is like get up to sing on the voice and like have a bunch of saliva you know yeah so, so learning how like the best ways to take care of the voice and 
caffeine has kind of always been like the thing that I know is not that awesome for me. And I don't know very many other people who can do like a ton of caffeine and feel like their voices is like the best ever. Yeah, It's interesting because it also, you know, it's like New York City where we live and yeah. it can really speed things up. Oh, so, yeah. I, so I have to like counteract all the time and go, all right, you have to go three times slower because you had green tea and whatever else. So yeah. yeah, no, I get it. So another thing I wanted to kind of kind of tease out of this, because I think it's something that really that that hit me hard, or at least, you know, I, I was very aware of doing you know, the work that we did together is uh, this idea of, you know, as you know, using using the voice to uh, you know on on kind of stage and kind of this this presentation mode, and then this idea of using the voice in in more of day to day business mode, down to interpersonal mode, and then even down to the yourself, you know, just how, how you use your voice with yourself. Um, how what are what are the, some of the things that uh, we can be more aware of in terms of our voice and, and the use of the voice? That that begin to get you know deepen our understanding or deepen our awareness of how the voice impacts those things. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's interesting, but for most of us, we always have a voice on. We're not always not always audible, but yeah. most of us think in language. If, we're, if we start to listen, there's at least usually one monologue going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're actually using the voice all the time. And even when we start to shift that voice, I mean, that's probably one of the more difficult voices to actually train. Yeah. Um, so our, our voice is constantly supporting the state of our reality. And I just heard somewhere today, like 80% of our reality comes from our mindset and our perspective, yeah. and like 20% is actually from what's happening outside. Yeah. Obviously, for people when they think voice coach, I get this a lot. Like, But I have the worst voice. I don't sing. We're like, oh, yeah, I want to do that for karaoke, which I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> you can name somebody. Who, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, at the same time, I'm like, come whoever you are, whatever brings you through the door. But yeah, um, yeah because to me, I don't believe that there's any such thing as a bad singer. I have never met somebody who could not sing and who could not eventually yeah. find pitch. And I'm not always working on pitch. Like if someone comes to me, it's very specific to their needs. Sometimes it's totally ameliorative and they're working toward through like a, a, a very classic diagnosis like dysphagia where they can't swallow or they swallow too much. Or And then sometimes it's working with somebody who's moving through grief. And then another time it's somebody who's about to deliver a talk for, you know, five grand, five people, mm -hmm. 5,000 people. Yeah. So there's always different incentives that people have to work on their voice. But so the thing is, is that obviously when we're speaking publicly, we want to have certain tools in place to be able to deliver our expression. And then at the same time, our vocal tone, how we communicate, how effectively we can get our point across, all these things super impact the efficacy of, of our work individually, yeah. collectively inside of a company. So I think it's really helpful when I've done workshops with whole organizations, like a half day workshop even to just say, okay, like, what is your voice? It's not just another appendage. What, what, how can we reframe it as like a way that we're listening to ourselves as a way we're feeling into our body? How can we use it to learn to take care of ourselves better and each other better? What kind of like, and then, and just to get people to explore like what the difference is when they speak to their colleague in a certain way versus like another tone, how it feels in their body, how aware they are of their own voice. Because last piece on that is that when we speak our diaphragm, when we're exhaling, it naturally kind of balloons up. 
Mm-hmm. And that's why on some level, and we have no like nerves that we can feel there that connect to our internal organs. We're not able to feel the diaphragm itself. We can feel like other parts of our body. Okay. So there's this like real easy way when we speak to start sort of feel like ungrounded and like, like we lose our sense of center when we speak. And mm-hmm. a lot of that's just anatomical. So learning how to like use the voice to feel more present I think I think it's just a really important tool, and it, and it sort of encompasses breath awareness. So mm. I think it's helpful for companies in that capacity. Yeah, yeah. Any good experiences, stories in terms of just kind of transformations you've seen, or or people that you've worked with that you know have really tapped into something, or even been able to make a, a a dramatic shift? I'm just kind of curious about like w- when you work for folks and and they're kind of going through this process. What are the types of changes that end up happening, or types of realizations or awareness that gets built oh my god yeah i mean crazy like I'll, i feel like every day i get chills doing I'm this sure. work. i mean there was like one man who told me that like doing this work he said like saved his marriage <laughs> yeah. amazing. and he lost like a he just got more in his body so he became uh it was a much easier for him to a- achieve some of the like dietary goals he had it's mm. really interesting like a lot of times self-sabotaging behavior is is shifted a lot out of doing voice work um it releases a lot of like kind of held held up tension in the body so so many things come out of that and then on like a more common kind of level i i I see people a lot absolutely do 180 of their mindset like come in just really stressed or in physical pain and move through both of those things from like chronic neck tightness or injury feeling weak weepy mm-hmm. all sorts of i mean and some people are obviously like more specific in what they want to work on and aren't coming in in such a deeply therapeutic transformative sense but i think that um regardless of how they come they i think that the experience ends up being really physiological because there's no way for us to use our voice effectively without transforming something so even for me when i teach it's like i've had you know like every person on the job i've had moments where i'm like oh my god i'm so tired today or whatever mm-hmm. By the end of the session, I'm like, yes. And the crazy thing is, is that it's not only because we're drawing on sound or we're drawing on, you know, a yogic kind of movement. It's because the voice accesses creativity. Yeah, yeah. And it moves that primal power that we have in our body. And it allows us to, like, remember, refine and, and recognize, like, our core center. Where I'm like, oh, there, here's where I am. Yeah. So I think, you know, and then there, of course, there are like people who come because they can't speak to their boss and present their piece comfortably. And yep. it, in that kind of situation, we learn how to how to understand, like literally relating to the environment. Where do you put your hands? How do you feel space around you? How can you keep your spine feeling like it's connected to the area behind us? Like, how do we feel our body more in space? How do we stand comfortably when we're looked at? I mean, it's amazing, but as you know, probably you've read the statistic that fear of speaking is like the first or the second. Oh my second. gosh, it is. Yeah. So it's, I think it's right after root canal or something like that, or a major car accident. Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's before root canal, I think. Wow. So what are a couple of things So give, give our audience, uh, you know, an exercise or two or something they can do that, that will, will help them kind of tap into some of this and, and, you know, sense, sense this a little more physically. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Good call. So something that everybody can do right now is we can, we can play with what's called a vocally supportive breath. 
So a lot of times if you just check into where your breath is right now, and if you're in front of a mirror, even better, or your screen and you can see yourself, and just take a breath in through the mouth or the nose. Notice what happens to your shoulders. Notice if they stay level or if they come up a little bit. Notice if when you take your breath, do you get longer, narrower, more upright? What happens to the small of your back when you take your breath in and out? And then take a couple breaths just like that, allowing maybe your breath to become a little bit more even. So your inhalation maybe slows down or speeds up or whatever it needs to do in order to meet your exhalation, likely slow down. And then you can even create a little bit of a pause at the top and the bottom of the breath. And now what I'd like you to do is bring your hands onto your shoulders. And as you inhale, try to not let your shoulders lift at all, but instead let the small of your back get wider. Let your hips feel like you're breathing into your hips and inflating them. Feel as though there's like a flotation device around your hips and you're literally breathing into space around you. And breathing in and out regularly, you can stay breathing through the nose or the mouth. And then you can drop your hands away from your shoulders and just see if you can kind of get a sense of breathing wide and through the small of the back as though the skin is sort of porous, like fertile soil. And as you breathe, you're kind of watering the body and the body's expanding. The function of the inhalation is to open. And the function of the exhalation in this case is to finesse your center. So as you exhale, you can kind of root down through the center of your body and even lift your hips up a little from your pelvic floor. I call this like the Statue of Liberty. And so when we kind of have that lift, as you breathe regularly, and you drop the shoulders back, you've really set up a great voice supportive sound. And you of course don't have to stay there frozen because the voice never mandates any kind of frozen position. But broadening the chest, so many of us, literally 80% of the issue is like, we're not feeling inside of the mouth or the back of the tongue. And the chest is super constricted, not just from front to back, but like shoulder to shoulder, sort of like we're standing in a crowded elevator all the time. Yeah. Kind of (laughs) that that hunched over short shoulder, uh, kind of look, no, that was cool. Uh, Yeah. I kind of definitely feel the, um, this kind of grounding, this kind of, kind of strong spine grounding in the kind of the hips and the, the lower back. Um, you know, even just kind of doing the exercise here. Yeah, this is great. I loved it. And I love the one you did with me with the um, thinking about the space of the air in your mouth. Like, it was just like, I never thought about that. It was like, and then I couldn't like talk quite right for a little while because I like, kept thinking about the space of the air. But this whole, like these things are, are fascinating kind of ways of being more aware of what, what's going on with your voice and what's, go- what's happening in your body that's creating your voice. So it's really interesting stuff. Uh, there's so many more things. There's so many more that um, I could think of. And just one last little one yeah. is like, So if everybody listening just says their first name, and let's say my first name is Bruce, then I'm going to feel the consonant, buh. Buh is a consonant, right? The oos is my vowel. Mm -hmm. And then I have this interesting, which myself included, a lot of people have high uh, sibilance, which means there's a lot of this. And that also has to do with tongue placement too, but... That being said, and there, I, to me, I'm like, I have sibilance. So I'm like, bring it on. You can have sibilance. <laughs> um, but what the interesting piece is, is that most of us are swallowing our vowels. When we're speaking publicly at work to anybody, when we're not feeling good after we say something and we are like, why don't I feel good? Like I said what I believe. A lot of that is that we literally are not allowing the vowels to resonate. It doesn't mean I need to speak slowly or like yeah. elongate my vowels. Yeah. But for example, if I'm saying Bruce, 
I want to give myself just a millisecond of thought to feel the buh in my mouth. And instead of like spitting it out on you, Bruce, and it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't even mean speed. I could do it slowly and still, Bruce, it comes outward. Yeah. I want to bring sound always in toward me. I want to command it. I'm the groove undivided. I want to decide how to cut the pie up. I want to be in charge of my expression and embody it so you can feel that I'm embodied. Yeah. I can feel for a millisecond, Bruce, Bruce, I'm yeah. owning her, it's your name, but I'm feeling yeah. it in my body instead of calling it at you, shouting it at you or, or giving it away. And we give our language away and we end up feeling kind of empty and deflated. And, and we're like, why? My content was valuable. I know yeah. I'm pretty. Why do I feel guilty? And it's actually a physical sensation. It's like, eat your language. I love it. Leslie, this has been great. What uh, If people want to find out more about this, and, and there's lots and lots more I know, if they want to find more about you, about about therapeutic voice performance technique, what are some resources? Where can I get more information? Yes, thank you. This has been so fun, by the way. I, just, I, love, <laughs> I love talking about this subject, as you can tell. Yeah. So, yes, probably the best way to find me is to go to dynamicvoicetraining.com. Okay. And there you'll see kind of all the different programs that I offer. I also, something I'm really excited about right now is I have a foundations certification course. So anybody in really any field from leadership to HR, to yoga teachers, to therapists, anyone who is interested in how they can implement vocal awareness into the wellness of the people that they work with. That's, it's a tailor-made program. It's super like a five-week program that involves really understanding how to command the voice and getting like a good foothold on that. So you can find out about that there at dynamicvoicetraining.com. And and you can reach me via that website at my name, leslieholpert at gmail.com. And um, if anybody mentions your podcast, I'll give them some sort of wonderful discount. So wonderful. be in touch. I'm happy to speak to anybody. Excellent. And I encourage people if they have a chance to uh, to check it out. It's really interesting stuff. I would say as a coach, as someone who works a lot with teams, with individuals on uh, oftentimes sort of difficult or at least uh, matters that really have a lot of emotion and stuff around them. It's fascinating what I've kind of learned about how I present and how my voice kind of frames things or set things up. So I think if you're in that kind of space, it's really it's really helpful and fascinating, interesting stuff. Uh, so I encourage everyone to go check it out. Leslie, this has been a pleasure. I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes so people can click through and get those. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate this. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.